Yeah, my new my new vagina is still kind of sore, but not not suitable, not not suitable for work. Owen, come say the s h i t word for your uncle. You are listening to fucking shit happens when you party naked. Low voice, I was in the crib when my balls dropped Earthquake when they hit, bro, they split rocks Now my girl's hotter than that summer asphalt If she turn me down, God knows that it's her loss What, what did you say? That resting my boobs on the table is comfortable Resting your boobs on the table is comfortable mm-hmm. Yes, I can see that yeah, it was never a problem, but since they've grown a little bit, they have a little bit of heft. It wasn't a problem when they were small, but now that they are large. Mm-hmm. I think it seems that once you go from, like, dare I say, a B to a C, that's when they need a little rest. That's the threshold. What's the re- that seems to be the threshold. That's yeah. the threshold for that. Wait. wait. <laughs> Excellent timing, my dear. <laughs> Excellent timing. You almost think we planned that. <laughs> Totally did not. Totally did not. Welcome, everybody, to Shit Happens When You Party Naked. I'm your host, Jason Almy. I'm half a team Almy. I'm joined by the lovely, the sexy, the titweighty, Christina. What's up, baby? Hey. Christina's my co-host with some boobies that are big enough that she needs to rest them on the table. Thank God she's not just my co-host. She is also my wife. Which means I'm gonna get to motorboat them titties. Like, I'm gonna slap box your titties later. Fantastic. Yeah. Not that that's going to help us get pregnant, but uh, you know, I think it's like one of those rituals that just goes along with it. Mm. It's not. It's not going to necessarily make you pregnant in and of itself, but I feel like it's just good. It's like um, I don't know. It's like good luck to slap box the titties. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Everybody, welcome to the show. I want to thank everybody for listening to this shit as I sexually harass my wife. I really appreciate everybody who tolerates this and does not report me to the police. <laughs> we got some fun shit coming up for you in today's episode, everybody. So grab your titties. What is it? Grab your dick if you love hip hop. Grab your titties if you love Big Papa. Is that how it goes? I wasn't familiar. I think that's how the song goes. So everybody, grab your titties or grab your dick, depending on which you are equipped with, because we got some fun shit coming at you today. I have, you might be able to hear Mm. that, we have new dynamic mics, and you can't really hear the ambient noise as well. On the condenser mics, you would have heard me fucking with that envelope, but I have fresh from the endocrinologist, I have results of my semen. I got some spunk results. So we got a spunk date for everybody. Everybody that was just dying to hear about my jizz the last couple of weeks. We haven't talked about my jizz. We talking about my jizz. Sorry, mom. We talking about my jizz today. Uh, so I got that. Also, um, we have a, a comic coming on the show today by the name of Kevin Goatee. Mm-hmm. He's going to be calling in here in a few minutes. So uh, we'll have a fun interview with him, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. That should be... So much fun. Yeah, I'm about to do a backflip. It's mm-hmm. going to be great. He's the creator of Comics Watching Comics. It is a television program available for you to watch on Amazon Video. So you guys go check that out. I'll give you some details on where you can find that program here in a little bit when we introduce Kevin. Check that shit out. Check that shit out. But first... We got a little update on the NSFW Podcast Network. That's the podcasting network that we are proudly a part of. We are a part of the NSFW Podcast Network with several other podcasts. And these motherfuckers, I don't know if you know about this, Christine. I don't think I told you about this yet. These motherfuckers. Motherfuckers. These motherfuckers. Joe B. from Off Color Discussions. I won't go hard on him because we love him. He's a motherfucker, though. He is a motherfucker. And Billy, too. <laughs> Billy's a motherfucker. Yeah, he a tall motherfucker. He's a motherfucker. They're both motherfuckers. Mm. So Joe B., right? We also got PJ from Bickerbots. He's a big motherfucker. He's out in Texas. He's a motherfucker. Well, he's in um, Texas. Yeah. And then I think we had Camacho from Just the Tips of Memoir. We've talked about them Camacho. previously. Those are the guys. I know. Isn't that a fun name? Is that Um, real? I mean, maybe. It's 
Camacho. What he goes by on the internet, I mean, I, I doubt it's real. It reminds me of Idiocracy, President Camacho. I thought everything was real on the internet. Um, yeah, I mean, except for those alien dildos. I don't think those are real. Hmm. So anyway, these motherfuckers get together to form like this NSFW podcast supergroup. And so the four of them get together. Christian, I should mention Christian from hashtag no offense, that motherfucker as well. So him, Camacho, Joe B, PJ, those fucking assholes get together to form this like NSFW podcast supergroup, like a, a bunch of assholes, a quartet of fucking assholes. How are you going to have a supergroup without shit happens when you party naked? Seriously? What the fuck? What the, what fuck? the fuck? So we were offended. I, we you and I offended. were offended. We were deeply offended. Um, these drunk bitches, the bitches from these drunk bitches mm-hmm. were deeply offended. Um, Simmons and Moore, hashtag Sam PC, they were deeply offended. We're all, we're all deeply offended. We got left out of this. How are you going to start a fucking podcast supergroup without the motherfucking super people? We, we the superest of all you motherfuckers. So I got a, a separate chat with uh, Sip and Swear with the, the Drunk Bitches and Sam PC, Simmons and More podcast. We got into a small private chat. We decided we we're going to roast the fuck out these dudes for leaving us out because fuck them. They left us out. We're all butt hurt and salty. Mm. So what do you do when you're butt hurt, hurt and salty? Mm. You roast the motherfucker that salted you. Very you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think I coined that term just now too. Someone gets you salty, that means they salted you. I haven't read it. It's almost like they assaulted me, but they salted me. They made me salty. So these motherfuckers got me all feeling all salty and shit. So we divvied them up. We're going to insult the Bickerbots a little bit here. Because mm. they named their fucking podcast after a children's toy. What the fuck? That's a children's toy? Yeah, the Rock'em Sock'em Robots. You, you've heard of the Rock'em Sock'em Robots? <laughs> no, I so missed that, that one. They must have been right behind the Barbie. Uh, yeah, or, or maybe like a couple decades before. I think the Rock'em Sock'em mm. Robots have been around for a while, and that was like pre-Nintendo, and then once the 80s rolled around and kids started getting fucking Nintendos, they didn't give a shit about Rock'em Sock'em anymore. Was it a video play. game? No, it was this little toy with these little robots. You hit these buttons, and they, like, box each other in this little ring, and one mm. of their heads would, like, pop up, and that was the loser. Like, you'd knock them out when the head pops mm. off. I'll show you a video later. It's not germane to this roast. What is important to note is that... We got to knock their heads up. We're, we're going to, figuratively, and it's also important to note that they named a motherfucking podcast after a goddamn children's toy. It's mm. fucking ridiculous. Why would you do that as a ripoff? Plus, I heard their wives are starting a fucking podcast. It's called oh. Hungry Hungry Hippos. <laughs> that shit gonna be named after a toy as well, you motherfuckers. Fuck y'all for having a fucking super podcast without involving us, the superest podcasters in this whole motherfucker. We should create a, even like a super, super group. That's what I told them. I think we're gonna take the bitches roast. I think we're gonna take Simmons and Moore. We're gonna take... This little segment here, and then whatever Noah turns out over there, and Noah and Dan turn out over there at Sip and Swear, and we're gonna mash it together and totally. release like one. Just yeah, roast. It's just, it's just one roast after the other. I think it's a fantastic idea. PJ, you like fucking little Thai little boys like Ray Ray in the ass. Leave his butt alone. Shit. Ray Ray is gay gay. Ray Ray. His nickname is Pac. They also call him Pac, and it's not because he's Korean, it's because he likes packing that fudge. Pack your shit and go home, Ray Ray. Ray Ray is gay gay. Motherfucker. Yeah, motherfucker. Motherfucker. Pack it up. And that was really what I wanted to say about Ray Ray. (laughs) (laughs) And that was really all I had to say about that motherfucker. They got a third dude. I don't even know who that third dude is. He doesn't matter. He's not important. Generic third dude. They Mm -hmm. rotate their third dude in and out. I haven't. I haven't learned enough about the third dude except for he's into dolphin fucking documentaries. Mm. This dude this dude watches documentaries, legit documentaries about fucking dolphins. And that's not I'm not making this up. It sounds like something I would make up to make fun of the guy. He watched a do- a documentary. How did you find that out? Called Dolphin Fucker. I listened to the show and he revealed on the show. So he's open about it. He's very open about does he masturbate fucker. while he's watching it? You know, he didn't get into that detail, but mm-hmm. I'm sure he does. He has to. Sounds I'd be, like a good Q&A session. I'd be shocked if he didn't. Yeah. He has to. I mean, that's pretty hot. Yeah. The dolphin fucking's hot. Mm. Yeah, dolphin fucking's hot as fuck. Mm. Yeah. So if you like hot dolphin fucking talk, go listen to Bigger Bots. Otherwise, 
Stick with the premiere show. Shit happens when you party naked. The top shelf, motherfuckers. This is the platinum show of the NSFW Podcast Network. Yeah. We talk about human fucking on this show. Yeah, ain't nobody fucking dolphins on this show. Shit. Mm-mm. That's how you get kicked out of SeaWorld, man. <laughs> That's how they ask you never to come back. Cease and desist from fucking my dolphin, and you're not mm-hmm. welcome in this park anymore. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to feed him a fish and pet the motherfucker, not fucking put your dick in his blowhole. <gasps> they call it a blowhole, but that's not because it's for your penis. That's because they blow the, the fucking air out of the blowhole, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's why they call it a blowhole. Their penises are probably too small to even... I don't know, man. I, I don't know. Dolphin dick is probably... Well, no, I mean for their penises to go in their oh, blowholes. Oh, 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 you mean the human penis is probably yeah. too small for the blowhole. Yeah, I got, I got no idea. I got no idea. Well, I was no. specifically talking about the folks on the... Specifically the, the bicker, bots motherfuckers. The bots. Yeah, because they all got small dicks. They, mm-hmm. all, they talk about dicks so much, there's no way they got decent-sized dicks. Otherwise, they wouldn't be so insecure. They always got to talk mm-hmm. about dick. They always talk about dicks. Mm-hmm. They talk about dick almost as much as just the tips of men more. That's a lot And of those dick. motherfuckers talk about a lot of dick. Mm-hmm. That's a dick show. Yeah, people we're say a we're a fuck-heavy show. That's, that's a dick-heavy show. That's what I was going to say. Yes. I like when our brains hit the same spot at the same time. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's like we tickling each other's dolphin G-spots. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking G-spot. Yeah? I just fucking, yeah. I'm pulling this shit out of the air. I'm pulling it out of the air. It's I got crazy. it. It's because I'm wearing, your, um, I'm wearing your, ba- your bandana. Yeah. yeah, you're wearing my podcast and headband. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got, the, you got the magic tonight. Because mm-hmm. I'm one of the co-hosts. Or because I'm one of the hosts. Because you're the host. Yeah, you're the motherfucker. Host. I'm the host and you're the host. We're mm-hmm. both the host. Motherfucker. I don't give a fuck about their super group. I don't give a shit. Fuck y'all super group. Fuck them. Fuck them. Fuck your bigger bots. Rock them, sock them, go fuck yourselves. That's their, that's their, that's actually pretty good. That's like actually a pretty good tagline. Rock them, sock them, go fuck yourselves. I like it. Anyway, I make fun. I kid, but I, I really do like them. I just had to get that out. Get it out. Anything else? No, I think that's pretty much, I pretty much... Blew my wad in just a few seconds, like usual. Let's move on to something more important than the silliness of an NSFW supergroup that doesn't contain us. Like, you don't have a supergroup without shit happens when you party naked. How are you going to have a supergroup without shit happens when you party naked? You ain't. It's Team Almy, man. We bring the edibles. We bring the craziness. We run around naked, and we get fucked up. It's going to be a fallacy. They're going to, they're saying it's a super group, but it just won't be. They're selling it as a super group, but that's not Mm. super. Yeah, it's not. People are going to come to that thing expecting a super group, and they're going to get no shit happens when you party naked whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And they're going to say everybody's partying with their clothes on. Who wears the edibles? Who brought the watermelon-flavored marijuana gummies? Nobody? Oh, fuck. You should have invited Jason and Christina, Mm -hmm. because they're some wild-ass motherfuckers. And you've only said fuck one time. That just don't seem right. I know that's not a fuck heavy super group. Mm-mm. We bring the fuck to the super group. Mm-hmm. This is a fuck heavy super group. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I don't want to belabor that, spend too much time on those little guys, the little guys. I mean, because we, even though they tried to form a little super group without us, we're still the premier, the number one, the platinum, the gold standard, the top shelf, the upper tier. We are the best of the best in the NSFW podcast network. So we're at the top. They're just, you know, they're down here, and it's like we can't, I, we can't let them bring us down to their level because mm-hmm. it's way, way lower than us mm-hmm. and our quality and mm-hmm. our shit. I mean, I didn't even know what their name meant. I know. That's what I'm saying. I had to explain to you what a bickerbot was. Yeah, for like five minutes. I'll still have to. I'll show you a video on YouTube, though. It's like an old school toy. I mean, I want to say it's probably, I don't know, 70s maybe. If it's, they named it Barbie, I would know. Yeah. I'd be able to connect more with that. Yeah. Maybe they should name it after. They should name it Barbie. Barbie's Dream House, you motherfuckers. That's your super group. Fucking Barbie Dream House super group. Motherfuckers. Motherfuckers. I don't know who's getting OCD, but I hope they get them good. And I'm glad it wasn't us because that would have been a conflict of interest because I do love Joe B and Billy. Anyway, let's move on to uh, the the spunk update. Spunk date, yeah. This is the the much hotter segment for me than talking shit about PJ and the bigger bots is to uh, give everybody an update on just what's going on with my semen. I feel like we teased it for weeks. We talked about the logistic issues with 
coming into a cop during the work hours, ejaculating during the work day being kind of a barrier. That was kind of a barrier for mm-hmm. me, don't you think? I do. Took I do. Me, took me a while to get this done. It did take you fucking forever to get it done. Yeah. Why did, why did it take me so long to get it done, though? I mean, there was like... I feel like they placed unfair and unreasonable restrictions upon when I could bring them my cup filled with semen. I feel like that was a little bit unreasonable on their part. Do you agree or disagree with me? I think that they had hours. They were a little difficult. Yeah. Obviously not being available um, later or on the weekend. Just give me Saturday. Give me Saturday. Let me wake up and beat off on Saturday. But they did have early morning hours, and so I think it would have just required you waking up one morning a little bit early. Well, that's what I did. I mean, that's what wound up happening. That's yeah. how I got these results that I'm holding yeah. in my hand. So, yeah. I, But I, I still feel like it's unreasonable to expect me to wake up earlier than normal on a work day when I'm already so busy and have to worry about tugging one out and getting this rushing this fucking shit to the fucking hospital to drop off at this lab. I, anyway. I know. It's tough to get up before 8. 8, 7, whatever. Look, this is extra time. And, and then it's not I like... I think it's worth it. It's worth it. That's why I did it. Otherwise, I wouldn't have done it. But not only that, it's not like I can just wake up, rub one off, and then like go about my morning drinking my coffee and shit. I got to get everything ready. I got to tug one out. Make sure that I know where my fucking shoes are this time and look out for that goddamn guy wire in our fucking yard so I don't tear my bumper off again. Mm-hmm. You got to get down the road, man. It's not like I can't take it to the closest lab, which is like right on the way to work. Mm-hmm. I got to take it to the fucking hospital. So I got to detour. I got to get it there in fucking 30 minutes or less like I'm a goddamn pizza boy. Mm-hmm. Anyway, all of that was to produce... These results that I'm, I'm holding, we've, we had a chance, you and I had a chance to look at these, but we really haven't done a shit ton of talking about these. So what I have is I've got a couple of pages of sperm analysis in front of me. So this is a basic semen analysis, and I have um, several components of this analysis, of which we've looked at a few components. But mm-hmm. the first component on the first piece of paper is percentage normal sperm. I don't know what's considered normal. I think it's uh, the, the, the comment here is normal is considered gray to white and opalescent. So there's your vocab word for the day, motherfuckers, opalescent. That is a description of the, the, the color quality and clarity quality of mm-hmm. my semen. So they want it to be gray to white and opalescent. That's, mm-hmm. that's normal. So um, normal is anything greater than 12%. My results were double that, 24% normal semen. Mm. So they're looking for 12 or higher, and I had 24% normal sperm. Look at you. So I had 76% abnormal sperm. I don't know what that means. You had what? I had 76% abnormal sperm. I was just making a joke because I got, it says my percent oh. normal sperm was 24%. And that's why I did this because it's like you're not paying any attention to me. Yes, I am. Okay. So it doesn't actually say that you're 76% No, abnormal. it doesn't. You're no, just- it doesn't. Deducing. That was that was a deduction because okay. if twenty four percent is normal, then that means the other seventy six percent is what? Because there's got to be a hundred percent. Because I gave them a hundred percent of my sperm that day. I did not spill one fucking drop. All right, well, let's start at the top of this <laughs> motherfucker and let's see if maybe we can get through this list of sperm shit without uh, too many derailments to talk about my urinologist, yeah, my urinology exam. You know, they used to uh, diagnose diabetes by drinking ur- the urine. No. This was way back. I mean, this wasn't like 1950s. This was like, this was like 50 BCE. That's you know, gross. Like, that's how the ancient Greeks used to do it. That's why it's called diabetes mellitus. Mellitus is, uh, is sweet. You know what I mean? It's the Latin for sweet. Mm-hmm. So diabetes mellitus is uh, a mm-hmm. reference to, it's not. Yeah. They didn't know that the sugar was in the blood back then, mm-hmm. but they did know it was in the urine. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's how, that's, I think that's what urinologist was like 2,000 years ago, was the, the poor physicians. You know it wasn't the doctor. He was passing that shit off to an mm. assistant. He was like, hey, I got a job for you today. I think they used to do something too with like bees or... or Ants or some shit. Ants, yeah. Because yeah, there was the sugar, sugar in the... Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, mm. so that's that's how they figured that shit out back then because the kidney was passing sugars into the urine. And um, they were like, hey, this urine is sweeter than all the other urine. Mm-hmm. I like that somebody tasted so much fucking urine that they could tell the guy who had diabetes because it's not like your urine turns into corn syrup. It still tastes like piss, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like... This piss is like two uh, percent sweeter than normal piss. You got to drink a lot of fucking piss before you can before you can tell which one's sweeter, um, and that is kind of fucked up. And I'm glad we don't do things that way anymore. So my percent normal sperm was rated at twenty four percent. The lab reference is greater than twelve percent, so I'm double the the reference. So presumably that's good. Although I have yet to discuss this with my urologist. So I'm sure he or she will be able to give me some better insight into how good this this stuff is. The color, the color component of my semen analysis is described as opalescent. This is my favorite part of the semen analysis because they don't give you a number, a percent, uh, milligrams per deciliter type of thing. This is just where they get to be kind of creative. Mm. Like Bob Ross calls my semen opalescent. Sounds nice. It's an opalescent little sperm. Mm. I would concur. It looks like the frosting on a toaster mm. strudel. Have you ever seen mm. a toaster strudel mm-hmm. before? Mm-hmm. That little frosting packet that you squeeze out on the toaster strudel? Mm-hmm. That is what my jizz looked like. It looked like I squeezed out. In fact, for the next one, just to test them, I'm going to get the cup I'm going to buy some toaster strudels and I'm going to squeeze the icing out into the cup and turn that shit in. I'll microwave it or something, get it up to human temperature, hold it between my legs like the first one, get it up to human temperature, and then be like, here you go. Mm. A week later, they're going to be like, this wasn't jizz. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they'll be, able to, zero. they'll be able to tell as soon as they open it. Yeah, the nurse goes, dips her finger in, goes, it's frosting, that motherfucker. So uh, my sperm was opalescent. The count was 278.5 million per milliliter, per milliliter, okay? So my sperm count was 278.5 million per milliliter. That sounds like a lot. May I? Yes. And one of those fuckers can't impregnate me? That's what I'm saying. You have millions of sperm... And yeah. they haven't been able to get yeah. it done. So listen to this. It's fucked the, up. The volume component of my sperm was 3.5 milliliters. You multiply 3.5 milliliters times 278.5. I mean, that's like a billion fucking sperm. I mean, two, I, I, I'm just doing rough math in my head, but 3.5 times 278.5 million why it's is like it a billion so sperms. I got like what are they doing? No clue. They're not swimming forward. What are they doing? Lazy motherfuckers. They are lazy motherfuckers. Lazy motherfuckers. I was gonna say you're an overachiever with your sperm with the sperm that twenty four percent, but I'm glad I, I didn't know. say that because now I don't feel like it's true. I know. The forward progression component of my sperm was rated four plus. To describe for our listening audience who is not familiar with a semen analysis, there are there is a zero to four scale. So the scale is zero to four in terms of forward progression. Uh, four plus is the highest. That is high speed straight line. So I got two hundred and seventy eight point five million times three point five milliliters shot up inside you at a four plus forward progression, high speed straight line. What these motherfuckers is doing, I don't know. I don't know. A three plus is moderate speed, straight line. Two plus is slow speed, aimless. So if you get a two plus, that means your sperm is aimless. Mm-hmm. You got some, you shooting aimless motherfuckers inside your wife. One plus is moving, but with no progress. They're just kind of going in circles. They just zero stay is there. no motion. They zero just go just, in and sit. Yep. They're like, fuck you. I ain't good doing well, that. Well, one zero is no motion. So one is just like, we're just going in like, circles. Yeah. 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 So uh, fortunately, my, my forward progression of my sperm was four plus, high speed, straight line, boom, right to the target. The motility, this is oftentimes along with the count. This is uh, an important measure of the semen analysis test. My motility was at 60%. The uh, reference range is greater than or equal to 50%. So I am above the motility range, but maybe there's some room for improvement there in the motility. Maybe we get that 60 up to 75% and then we get you knocked up. I don't know. I wonder how you would do that. 
I don't know, like jumping jacks or... That's what I was thinking. I wonder if that's where part of um, the recommendation to wear boxers. Yeah, because you don't want constricted nuts. Yeah. So I wear boxer briefs, which I don't categorize as overly restrictive. So this is what I was speaking to my coworker about. Oh, goodness. Okay, so I want to hear Should this. Should I hold? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Keep that at the forefront of your brain. I'll try to remind you about this. I've only got a few. I've only got a few here left. In fact, there is a short description of the uh, other qualities, the anatomical qualities of my individual sperm, the actual individual sperm cells, including sperm head defects. Um, uh, The sperm head defects look like uh, those are normal sperm neck mid defects, sperm tail defects. None of those seem weird. Um, the pH of my semen is 8.3, which as you know, being a uh, science major of some distinction yourself is uh, fairly al- alkaline sperm. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm, I'm guessing that is a good thing. Mm. I think you want it. The reference range is 7.0 to 8.5. So I'm mm. within the normal range for pH. What was your pH sperm. again? 8.3. In the, okay. So it's in that reference range. Mm-hmm. And finally, the viscosity of my sperm. And I might actually prefer this to the, I think my favorite was the opalescent, but th- this is actually, it's more concise, the description of the viscosity of my sperm. Mm-hmm. Thick. <laughs> Regrettably, they spelled it correctly. They didn't spell it the way that kids are spelling it these days. When they, I don't know if you're aware of this, but when kids, young people, describe particularly a woman's curvature, her ample breasts or her ample buttocks, when a woman is curvy, Mm -hmm. they often describe her as thick, but they misspell it intentionally, Mm -hmm. T-H-I-C-C. And I don't know why they do this, but young people think it's cool. Instead of using the the K like they should. Mm -hmm. I've never seen that. Yeah, It's It's interesting that you have. I spend a little bit more time on different... Like, I spend time on Instagram and shit. Oh, yeah. I had avocado toast today (laughs) for lunch, so... I fucking did. I toasted bread and I put fucking avocado on it, a little hot sauce, and it was delightful. fucking funny. Yeah, I did that. So you were having a conversation Mm. with a co-worker today. Mm -hmm. I want to hear all about this, please. I know nothing Mm -hmm. of this conversation, so regale me. Mm-hmm. It was it was funny because I was like he's sitting right over there and we're just talking all about our you know trying to have babies and stuff. So and she's a nurse also to preface yeah, so that. Yes, she's medically trained, so yep. that's good. That'll give a little context. Yep. And when her and her husband were trying, they got pregnant in three months. So I was like, huh. So she was like, you know, you got to stay focused. She's like, you got to you know go at it and be more planned. You know, she's like, it's like a full-time job trying to get pregnant. I'm like, I know. That's what we say. It's like where it's a part-time job. She's like, yeah, it basically is. And she recommended, um, you know, doing the the, um, counting of the days of trying to determine when I ovulate. Mm -hmm. And she says she was able to really pin it down just because of how her body felt. I'm not that in tune or I I don't think. But she was recommending the thermometer. Yeah. Um, so that... The, you stick that thermometer in your ass? No, my vajayjay. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Almost as good. Almost as good. Again, I wonder why we're not pregnant. Also talked about, like, well, what, you know, what else can we do? And she said that um, you got to let the guys, the boys breathe. And she was saying no more tidy whities mm-hmm. I was like, well... He doesn't wear tidy whities He wears boxer briefs. This so. is where we're veering into the uncomfortable, where yes. you discuss my, <laughs> my, my undergarments with our coworkers. Yep. Yeah. And um, she said boxers, not boxer briefs. I don't feel like these are overly constrictive, though. I don't. It's I mean, the temperature. Are... Like she was saying, like mm. those just um, okay. will allow will result in you heating up too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Versus it keeps the heat in. Yeah. What about free balling? What about no underwear at all? Because I'm pretty good with that. I suspect that'd be okay. I was going to say, I mean, if, if boxers are better than, than briefs, yeah. then definitely free balling. That's like my nuts is the same temperature as the ambient. You know what I'm saying? Then we would need to wash your pants more if you go free balling a lot. So, yeah. Which is free fine. free balling is also free button. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And yeah. So. Um, free anus. And Do you even have boxers? Acid? I don't think I have. I mean, I might have one or two pair. 
But yeah. I don't, I, I just, I usually wear boxer briefs because they yeah. don't, you know, when you're pulling up your pants, mm-hmm. when you're layering boxers underneath a pair of blue jeans, for instance, and you pull mm-hmm. the pants up, they like roll totally. up your fucking thigh. Yeah. And then you're like reaching down, trying to smooth them out. And to me, that just seems like a lot of fucking effort. Yeah, I agree. Uh, seems very I uncomfortable. Dressed. I yeah. would not want to wear boxers. It's it's fine once they're once they're in position, mm-hmm. but but when you're wearing boxers and then you put the the outer garment on. Yeah, or when you go to the bathroom. Your, yeah, I mean when you're going to the bathroom if you're peeing, you just unzip, right? And you just flop it out the zipper. So that's not a big deal. Because uh, you know, like unless we've got a poop, we're just gonna flop it out the zipper uh, at the urinal. That makes so you don't so have to worry about that sense. as much. Yeah, that's not as big a deal. It's usually just in the morning when, yeah. you're, when you're changing clothes. Wow, so that one time. Yeah, but then if you go to the gym, then it's two times. Um, we're talking about, look, it's just extra hassle if I could wear a different pair of underwear and not have to deal with it. Doesn't it make sense to wear the different pair of underwear and not have to deal with it? It does, but right now while we're trying to have baby. Okay, so free-balling it is. Mm-hmm. I'm good with that as a, as a compromise, mm-hmm. right? Free-balling it is. Yep, and I was going to... I should have picked it up today, but I didn't go into this, the pharmacy. I'll pick up a um, thermometer. Yeah. You and, should get the thermometer. Yeah. And can I be there when you stick it in your hoo-ha? You can stick it in my hoo-ha. Yes. Sorry, Mom, don't listen to this part. <laughs> Hope Joanne is not listening to this part. But yeah, we can start doing that. We can start um, you know, keeping better track of the cycle. Mm-hmm. And frequency, motherfucker. Frequency, motherfucker. I gotta do more drugs, Jesus. Uh, no, you gotta do me more. <sighs> yeah, I know. Before this veers into the depressing, yeah, maybe we should. I think we got Kevin on the on the horn, so mm. we should um, we should hop over there. We should talk to Kevin. Mm-hmm. Enough about the sperm talk. I mm-hmm. think I think doing like a solid twenty two minutes of sperm talk was mm-hmm. probably just the right amount. Not mm-hmm. too much. Not too little. Mm-hmm. Definitely not too much. Twenty mm-hmm. minutes of sperm talk. So thank you guys for listening to my spunk date, and hopefully we'll have a pregnancy soon. In the meantime. We've got Kevin Goatee on the line. Kevin Goatee is a stand-up comic. He is the creator and host of Comics Watching Comics, which, as I mentioned, is available on Amazon Video for you motherfuckers to go watch right after you listen to this interview. We got Kevin on the horn. So uh, I do appreciate you, now that we're recording, I can say this, I do appreciate you taking a little bit of time out of your hectic schedule today to join us. For the assholes listening to this, that, um, uh, <laughs> is that like your you know, fucking name for your listeners? Hey, assholes! Like that's their hey, uh, assholes. Well, uh, <laughs> it's it's usually motherfuckers, but occasionally assholes. But but typically motherfuckers. For those listeners who don't know, how did you get into comedy? Uh, I did a mic. Uh, I did. I, I just did a mic. I thought about doing it for a while. I've been corporate American. I was debating. You know, there's there's more to life than just. Going into work, getting fucked eventually, because that's what they do. I don't know if you guys, if you have a day gig and that's what's up, but it's fucking garbage. Uh, it's, you're only, it's only a matter of time before, you know, you get aced out because the CEO is going to make 50 cents less on his bonus. You know, you're, people are bragging about how many hours they work, how many cities they've been in a week. You know, all this just to hopefully break over, you know, make over six figures and and have an okay lifestyle. I go, this is not for me. I, mean, I went to school for film and TV, and I kind of got lost along the way. My dad was like, mm-hmm. yeah, when you graduate, guess what? You need to get a job. I'm like, but I want to intern for Steven Spielberg. Not that I had an internship lined up. That was my goal. Uh, he's like, yeah, good job. Hopefully he pays in his internships because you need to get a job and get the fuck out or pay your rent. So then I got my ex-girlfriend's dad uh, was part owner of a, uh, of a um, MRI company, and I got into medical sales that way. I am in medical sales, not at that company anymore. And uh, I, I said, I can't, I can't be doing medical sales the rest of my life. It fucking sucks. Uh, I don't want to be living and dying by uh, corporate America slavery. You know, the typical, I've always been, I thought, funny. People thought I was funny, class clown, class jokester, whatever, all that shit. And I, I started eight and a half years ago. I gave myself a, a few months to say, all right, let's write some material. And then I... Um, and then I went to my mic, uh, first open mic, March 12, 2010, got into comedy that way, and really haven't stopped. It's just been a complete, you know, uh, whirlwind of uh, activity, especially this last year, with the show, uh, with comedy, with voiceover, trying to pitch shows. It's just, 
It's it's very I, yeah. exciting and scary at the same time. It's kind of I've been lucky because I've had a lot of good advice given to me. So I don't yeah. think I've stepped in any landmines. Uh, I mean, maybe down the road they'll go. Oh boy, should have zagged instead of zigging, asshole. But you know, we'll fight up. But for now, I don't really think. And a lot of people say, hey, hey, you haven't fucked up badly yet. So I'm getting a lot of good advice. So yeah, that it's just been it's been a you know wild, straight, uh, crazy, strange uh, journey for the last uh, bit. I'm getting the impression from this conversation as well as the, the material that I watched earlier that you're not a big fan of corporate America. <laughs> have you have you ever bumped into somebody who was? You ever bump into like your your foil who's your opposite and says, I work in corporate America and I love it. Yeah, it's called fucking going away to company meetings. Uh, I was just there a couple weeks ago and the rah-rah bullshit, the platitudes, people were posting stuff like Hey, yeah, I, uh, I I love this job so much. I would almost do it for free. Yuck, yuck, yuck. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Like, no one ever considers that. You know, this is bullshit. You're just doing this with these platitudes, and uh, you're just trying to seem like the corporate, the good soldier in this. Like, no one's taking you seriously. Stop the bullshit. Yeah, I mean, I think that that. There's a lot of things over the decades that have gotten better, right? Like technology, medicine, stuff like that. But there's a lot of things that haven't. And and one of those things is the corporate environment, like uh, water cooler conversations, for instance. You know, uh, because of the HR environment, we got to talk boring shit like the weather instead of drugs and butt fucking. Right? Boy, oh, oh, you've definitely heard my act. Then you've actually you're quoting two of the three things. Yeah, no, it's fucking pathetic. It really is because you can't talk about the Tinder date you met in the bathroom and fucked that night before nope. uh, at the water cooler. But you really want to, but you can. So it's just you, you know you, you can't you can't even say to a, like a woman like wow like she looks nice. It's so hard to like almost compliment. Somebody. That's like a nice dress. You know, you have to be very careful. It's just everything's so overly sensitive, and that—that that is why that it has gotten so blasé. Is you can't say shit uh, because if someone's having a bad day, or if someone has it out for you, or you know, you, you may be over the line. I'm not definitely saying that everyone's fucking completely innocent by any stretch. Please don't read it to that, listeners. There are definitely scumbags and dirtbags and fucking sure. creeps out there. But it just sometimes people just take things to you know literally, or they're looking to fucking be a hero, and they send your nuts right into the uh, gears of a combine, and then you're unemployed. Boom. Yeah, I think you've described a person who just is is just looking to be for a reason to be pissy or, or offended or whatever. I mean, I, you can offend by, by not even meaning to. And that's why in the corporate space, you just have to be so uh, sterile, almost robotic. You, yeah. know, you don't have any loves that include getting fucked up and high and watching cocks fight or dogs fight or whatever, you know? Right. Or prostitutes. I mean, all of that stuff. You can't do any, none of that stuff can you talk about at work. Two, I have a bit in my act to talk about how one night at a meeting, these fucking dum-dums sat at a ten. And I said, there's nothing worse than being forced to sit at a table with people that you've pressed the close button door in the elevator repeatedly as they try to run for it. And you're just like, I'm sorry, it's closing. No. Uh, and I got stuck at a table with these dum-dums as they sat down and talked about the weather. There was like an impending snowstorm for 45 fucking minutes. I'm like, really? Mm-hmm. I stopped and go, we're talking about the weather this long like this is not normal this is boring like how, how this is almost like the worst like improv game i hate improv it's like how long can we keep talking about the weather before someone just f- fakes a, a seizure or passes out like what what is going on here it, it's just that and we're not talking about snow in in like uh central mexico i mean we're talking about fuckers who have seen snow before right yeah I mean, this is this is we're we're in newark new jersey for christ's sakes people are flying exactly. in from the northeast it ain't yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not Miami in the house, you know. So what it's, the fuck? Yeah, when it snows in Cuba, feel free to talk about that shit for forty-five fucking minutes. But right. snow is not exactly a new phenomenon in the Northeast. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm like, I, 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 I tapped out. I took a super long piss, and I followed somebody who smokes. I don't smoke outside in forty-degree weather, just so I can not have to deal with them. <laughs> I picked up a smoking habit just to just to get out of there. I work for a fucking health company. So, uh, honey, did you want to ask the question about this? Honey, that's a pretty fucking fast way to call honey. it on a first name basis here. I'm, <laughs> hey, I'm sliding my hand up your leg already. Listen, me too. Rape alert. We're going all the way home with this. <laughs> 
Yeah, I would think we were just going to ask. Um, so I've never really had a conversation with a comedian, and I was just curious about when you were prepping for um, to get started. And you also said you've had some good advice. I'm just curious, like, what the training is. Like, do you have mentors, or how do you you know, kind of start that path on being a comedian? It's a lot of questions in one, but they're all valid. Do I have mentors? I had help from some people. Yeah. Is there a training program? No, this is not like fucking Jean-Claude Van Damme and Bloodsport where he goes to Shidoshi who learns him how to pull fish out of a pond. No, uh, really? <laughs> Nothing on that Van Damme reference? Fuck you both. No, I'm just kidding. I love, I love Bloodsport. <laughs> I, I like the part where they like... They like break the tendons in his crotch or whatever. They're doing like teaching him how to do the split. Yeah. And they got to like, they got to spread his legs. Film is I was waiting dope. for one of them Asian dudes to run up and jam something in his ass. I mean, all right. Uh, <laughs> what are things with the past time while watching Ray Jackson and, and Van Damme play karate champ? All right. Um, training, it's, it's going to sound like a shitty answer. I'm sorry. It's honest to God. It's all repetition. Just as many mics mm-hmm. as you possibly can get, learning from people. Networking is something that's not really discussed but really needs to be. Is uh, You need to network your balls off. Don't be a dick. Uh, try and be friendly with everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's part of it. They'll book you, and hopefully you can obviously return the favor by when you have your own show and book them. Uh, people take note. I know people who are... Who are on my show and then they never fucking return the favor, even just to book me on their shitty bar show after I put them on fucking Amazon and there's no payback. Really? That's some scummy shit. Uh, But yeah, people remember that. Believe me. And yeah, sometimes going out to some of the club, oh, I got maybe a comic a level or or two above you. Don't go to like David Tell. He's the nicest guy in the world, but he won't be your mentor. Uh, Yeah. But yeah, it's just find someone who's been in for a few years. Ask questions, you know. Someone will answer questions. I, I ask a lot of questions. Therefore, I've always made sure that people who ask me for advice or help or whatever, I try and I try and, and do my best to do so. So that's uh, hopefully that answers your question. Yeah, yeah, no, that was great. Do you get nervous when you go on even now after you've been doing it for almost a decade? Uh, oh my God. The way you phrase it, I guess it is. It's all. It's over eight years. Uh, Get close. Here and there, it depends. Like I get nervous when it's not like a typical, like a a nice mixed crowd. Uh, If it's like a hipster crowd, I'm like, oh shit, we got to go. I I, got (laughs) to dance around. I have to reorder, organize the order because I know I can't come out with the meaner shit first. I have to get on my side, and then I can fucking test the waters. Uh, mm. And if I do bomb, I bomb. So be it. Just as long as I take a, a learning experience and, and try and have fun with that bombing, uh, that mm. I think is the most important thing to learn. But yeah, no, here and there, not as much. Um, I was probably most nervous when I did a couple of sweet 16 birthdays. The last thing I want to do is fuck Whoa. up the girls, you know, night to remember. And I didn't. We It was funny. I did two of them. I did very well in both, um, which is funny. I, I, you know, I'm not exactly doing uh, Twitter jokes about Justin Bieber's penis or some shit like that. I'm doing more raw <laughs> stuff. And I cleaned it up. I changed things. I catered to the parents, and they dug me. So everything was, uh, was peachy keen. I was going to ask how you, uh, because I am aware of your material, and we've, we've dropped some lovely F-bombs even tonight, but I was going to ask how you might have tweaked your material or your delivery to cater to, like, a 16-year-old. I don't imagine you can talk too much about, like, dicks and buttholes and uh, tossing salad or whatever the case. It's finding the the PG-13-esque jokes I have in there or maybe just changing a few words here and there to make them appropriate for those uh, those audiences. Uh, I did a gig at a uh, at an outdoor. Well, why am I saying outdoor, Kevin? That's retarded. An amphitheater, which is outdoors. Uh, yeah. And like, you can't say fuck. I think I did like once or twice, but after, but you know, long into my set, it wasn't like what's up, fuckers, or some shit like that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's just really knowing how to organize, uh, substitute words that don't take away the quality of the joke, but just maybe softens the blow a little bit so yeah savvy i was even wondering if maybe the material has to be a little different for a group of 16 year old girls to find amusing versus um you know your typical crowd might be a little bit older and like you said mixed so there might be you know men and women and and uh people who get older humor i guess like 16 year olds i mean well i shouldn't judge maybe today they do a lot of uh of drugs and fucking, but you know, I, I would think that this is like I got to come up with some 
I don't know, like I got to write some My Little Pony shit or something. I don't know. What, what are these kids into these days? I feel like I would, that would be very intimidating to me, I think. I did a few um, catfish jokes. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. Yeah, and I have, a, I have a campground show to do, but it's an adult like campground site. And a couple, I, weeks. I did, I did, a, I did it last year. I'm going, oh Jesus Christ, they were fucking fun. Uh, we, each, you know, uh, we split up an hour, and then I think this time it's just me and my uh, my buddy Terry McNeely. Give him a look; he's fucking hilarious. And uh, we'll do each do half an hour. And then the last time I did that show, they they uh, a lot of the people there invited us back to their, you know, their, these are like summer trailers. <laughs> this is their summering, just to give you an yeah. idea. Yeah. So yeah, but they were so cool. Like, come back, hang out, drink with us, blah blah blah. And we did, and they were cool, and they're just you know so uh, excited to have comedians come back and hang out with them. It was uh, it was pretty fun. Yeah, come check out my trailer. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they weren't like NASCAR fucking people, but you know, you get the idea. Uh, well, see, I've lived in Georgia, so that's kind of what I'm conditioned to. Is like, hey, come back to my car. We're gonna we're gonna have sex with preteens together, and I'm like, no, nah, yeah, we can't. You know, I don't want to be. I don't want to get into that. Yeah. One last uh, comedy question, general comedy question for you is: um, uh, How has your material or your performance evolved over the the eight years that you've been performing as a as a comic? I like to think it's more um, it's more about me and my life as to before when it was pretty much a lot of observations. I mean, I still do a lot of that shit too, but now it's just. Here's why, you know, here I am in corporate America. Here I am a, a corporate America guy trying to get the fuck out and getting stand-up comedy full time. That's the deal that's the deal. Uh here I am as a as a dad, as a husband, as a guy who uses his daughter as a prop to give out his NFL picks while she eats a cookie and give two shits about what I'm saying, as long as she has a cookie. I mean it just you know everything's been done to a T. It's just finding the, the what makes you unique and making it funny. And then getting after the masses. That's really, I think, what's changed in the uh, the last couple of years. And it seems like uh, you you just have more life experience to draw on, of course, as you as you get older, as you you grow, you've got more of that. You've got a family that you've built and stuff like that, too. Yeah, I, I started later. I started when I was 33. So it's not like I just could talk about my dick and porno and weed. I talked I had more things to draw upon. But I made a lot of obviously a lot of rookie mistakes doing so. I didn't know how to write or f- make it the flow or what have you. So it's, but yeah, it's just again all that by uh, by repetitions. Do you spend like a lot of time writing? Is that a big part of of you know kind of your your gig? Do, do you have to do like a couple hours a week or? Uh, it depends. For me, it spurts. A lot of it happens when I'm uh, usually right, right before I fall asleep. Like when you get when you're very lucid. Your mind starts wandering. If something hits me, go, oh, shit, I'll grab my phone by the side of the bed, just put in notes, like a few key words, type something out so I won't forget it the next day. So I mm. two hours a week, no. I, I have a full-time job. Like I said, dad, kid, full-time job, uh, working on the show, now appearing on podcasts. It's just uh, – it, but again, when, you, when, you, when you're trying to juggle these many fucking plates and, and – you know, reaching out on the internet, trying to get booked here, trying to get the the live show out in, in Vegas, in Atlantic City, and wherever. It's just yeah, it keeps you busy. But I like to think that this show is going to get me farther in entertainment mm-hmm. and my career than comedy will. It seems like a good, uh, definitely a very good step forward. I mean, season six of Comics Watching Comics available on an Amazon Video now. Yes, uh, even as we speak. And and that sounds like pretty big success to me. I mean, six seasons, uh, not a whole lot of, of shows go that long. Well, if you want to be a, a stickler for detail, today we did episode, uh, sorry, season eight panel. So now eight seasons. Which is, uh, of course. It's awesome. Up to season six is available now, but then obviously we've got more seasons in the hopper. Yeah, eight seasons is a lot. Uh I lasted longer than Breaking Bad, which is the greatest show ever made. And, <laughs> so uh, good. By, all, by no means is my show in the same ballpark as Breaking Bad. Let's make sure I'm crystal clear with that. Well, they're completely <laughs> completely different products. I mean, this that's not even apples and oranges. So I would say, um, you know, just two very different types of programs. But Breaking Bad is fucking awesome. 
Yeah, it is. I think you just made a, a big fan of my wife. She's a fucking huge Breaking Bad fan. She got me into Breaking Bad. That's what kind of pussy I am. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> my wife and I got started late. I think we started, like, right when the second to last season was about to air. We binged, you know, and then we kind of caught up, and we, we, we were yeah. live for the for the last season. And I recently, I rewatched this all of them uh, probably like a couple months ago. Go, God damn, it just stands on its own so beautifully. Mm-hmm. It is. It's good it shit. It's, it's good, good shit. Um, so with regard to comics watching comics, um, how did you conceive of that program? We were at, uh, me and another comic friend were at a, an open mic one day, and it was just such a horrible slate of shitty comics, one after another. And we started texting each other, like just busting their balls via text back and forth, cracking each other up because, again, that slate of comics were just fucking horrible. And we've all been horrible, so, you know, whatever. And I'm, I'm, believe me, I'm not on my high horse saying, here I am, dubbing the knights or sending you to be eaten by the dragons. Uh, and I said, you know, this is a kind of a funny idea, like, but, you know, I, I can make a show out of it, but I couldn't make a full show because, let's be honest, can't have a show where you just shit on people because no one's going to want to come back for season two. And it's just, yeah. it's just awful fucking karma as well. So um, I thought, all right, and at the time, Last Comic Standing was on TV, and I thought, boy, this is fucking boring no one here on the on the panel with the exception of norm mcdonald had any balls and was like hey man this person sucks here's why a b c d you know i was like god damn it so let's do that but with intermediate comics and the twist is the panel picks their favorite comic at the end of the season right the home yeah. audience picks their favorite panelist that they want to see come do the all-star show and they vote on Twitter at Comics Watching. They can also go to, you know, uh, Comics Watching Comics on Facebook and Instagram and vote. But at Comics Watching is where the majority of the voting happens. You vote there on Twitter uh, for your favorite panelists, and then they come back to do the All Star Show, which we, which is season seven. We're editing that now. Yeah, it's in. The, you'll also see the live show. The live show is where the um, comedians who won a spot, won, you know, the, the season winners perform on the live show. And you see all them. You see the panelists also doing stand-up, me doing stand-up. And we also have what's called Redemption redemption Section, where people who really ate shit get a uh. minute each. And they do a minute in front of the, live, the crowd. And the crowd votes via applause who they want to see do a full spot that night. So we kind of give you a... Uh, give them a second chance. Yeah, you get to press continue yeah. on this one. So... With regard to the live show, how do people catch that? Is that also broadcast on Amazon? It will be. We've had uh, an issue with Amazon. They're now saying if it's not Amazon original programming, you can't have the logo, which they announced literally a fucking five days after I submitted it. And, of course, we have a giant step and repeat behind the comics with my logo and then the Amazon video one smaller behind mm-hmm. it. So now I have to have my editor go and like recut it to have as few shots of the logo or tile it out as possible. So that should have been out, I don't know, it's this August, two months ago. Ugh. So get ready for another delay. But season seven will be out before that. But, yeah, you'll be able to see the live show in its entirety in, uh, in a few months. Because that actually sounds pretty badass. The, um, the, the thing that you just mentioned about Amazon kind of putting you through that, and then you mentioned before that last comic standing, that's a big network show. Um, earlier we were talking about uh, disdain, distaste for like the corporate bullshit. Do you find that it it's pernicious, it weaves its way back into some of these even comedic endeavors that should be artful and separate from that, but in a big network, the co- corporate overlords still have this control over a show like Last Comic Standing? They do. Is it somewhat inescapable in that in that regard? Well, the good news is right now, my show, I answer to no one. I'm it. Amazon Excellent. says nothing about control or what can I say or what can I do and... Uh, that's the good news, but there's a lot of, there, there are some, I mean, there are rules to follow for them, but whatever, what are you going to do? What are, what are you going to do? I guess as far as, um, corporate collaborators go, that is probably, uh, it sounds like you've got probably the, the better deal out there in, in, in terms of, uh, your creative control over the, over the show. Yeah, no doubt. That, that's true. I you know. No one says shit to me. I am the judge, jury, and executioner. How does your family feel about your profession? You said you work in uh, corporate America a little bit, and, and now you're, uh, of course, with the with the comedy. How do they feel about you um, leaving corporate America, getting out of that line of work, and into um, into doing comedy as a career? I'm not out of corporate America. I'm still in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're you're kind of 
in that process of, of, of trying to go from one to the other, it doesn't sound like the moment that day comes that you're able to uh, kick corporate America in the ass and leave. It doesn't sound like you're going to hesitate at all. You're not. I've got my fuck you corporate America letter penned out in my head. <laughs> and if you follow me on Facebook or tw- more Facebook, but yeah, Twitter too, whenever I have these meetings, I have to go away from meetings. I, my, I don't want to sound braggadocious, but it's like, I'm not going to make it sound like thousands of people are like, holy shit. People love when I go to meetings because all I do is I live tweet what people say and what, what's going on, uh-huh. what they're doing, and they love it. A lot of my friends like, I love when you go away because that is what, that's some of your best work because they can just sense my angst and my distaste and my just, ugh, really? Like people are saying this at a meeting kind of thing at corporate America, uh, the corporate American meetings and whatnot. Yeah, you ever get called out for live tweeting those things by by somebody running a meeting or some shit? Say, what are you doing? Oh, I'm just downloading porn. I'm not live tweeting this. I'm just watching a la- I'm watching a lady get fucked. I did get found out that I do voiceover work on LinkedIn. They they go, am I? You know, they go, hey, you know, you my my now boss is like, hey, it was brought to my attention that you do voiceover. I'm like, yeah, I told that by the woman who hired me because she is it's on my resume. And she asked me a bunch of questions about it. So I was not being like, you know, not deceitful or I was not hiding shit from you guys. And she's like, okay, good enough. Yeah. It seems like voiceover work seems pretty innocuous too, as far as corporate conflicts go. Yeah, no. God, I voiced the fucking dog in the fucking cartoon. What do you want from me? You know, I made a couple extra bucks on the side. What do you, you know? Doesn't seem like that would conflict with a corporate brand or corporate image. No, they they just don't want you doing on corporate time. You know, you can do voiceover yeah. pretty much whenever. You know, I do when I get home or on the weekends, and it doesn't it doesn't affect anything or anybody. So the family's pretty supportive about you making that or, or attempting to make that trans- transition into because if you're working corporate, I mean, my wife and I both work for a company full time, of course, during the week, and then Which, what, what kind of field are you in? Uh, we are both in medicine. Are you doctors? No, uh, we are not. I'm not that. I I will be a PhD, so I'll be that kind of doctor, but not the kind that sticks fingers in your butt. Physical uh, Professionally. (laughs) I'll, I'll, no, uh, a registered dietitian nutritionist. So I'm I'm studying uh, nutrition science. Sure. The fun shit, like enzyme kinetics, how food's broken down inside your tongue. Yeah, 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 no, I'll, shit, I'll, yeah. I'll talk to you often, but I'll tell you what I do, so I know what the, I know what the fuck you're talking about. Go ahead, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, and that's not, I, I would say that uh, I don't think either one of us are dissatisfied with our more uh, straight-laced work, with wearing a tie sometimes, and I, I don't think you feel that way, do you, Christina, where you're, you're, like, dissatisfied with our, we don't have a really terrible corporate environment, we work for a relatively small company, but um, but what you were saying is, is especially true, is that you want to, I feel like we feel that pressure to, A, keep things separate, but then, B, when you're also trying to produce a couple of podcasts like we do and make appearances places and uh, sell T-shirts and do all that other stuff that that we do on top of being a full-time employee, I mean, you really need support, right? I mean, you need you, your wife. Yeah, you no, my wife. She's got to help out. Yeah, no, she's amazing. we got a three-year-old in the other room. Every time I'm doing podcasts, she does yeah. great. She took she took the kid to her parents today while I taped the, the show. She really is amazing when, and very supportive. Uh, and she's and like, I'll run stuff by her, and she's not one to go and go, ah, that was good. Like, she's like, that's fucking shit. Uh, I don't want that. <laughs> or she'll come back and go, I like, the, you know, here's an idea, and She's very supportive. But, you know, she's fantastic. That's, good. That, that's why this marriage works. Is she's listening to this, right? No, she's in the other room. Because sure, sure <laughs> you've been she very complimentary. Right so. Yeah, fucking a right, I am. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, she's great. So it makes things a lot easier. My parents, they always knew that this is like corporate. I was always shitting on my dad, like, dude, fuck being in you know medical sales when here I am in fucking medical sales. And he's like, ha ha ha, yeah, all kind of sort of. I was like, yeah, and then I was like, yeah, not for long, and. Once I figured out like, I can't do this forever, it sucks. And they're like, "Yeah, this is this is really you." My dad is never one just to say, "Hey, you're doing a great job." Like, no, this is not good. You know, typical crowds, right? You know, hey, this is yeah. not good. Here's why. He's like, "You're honest to God. You're onto something." He's like, "You really are. You're really good at this." He's like, "Keep, don't fucking stop." I love that. I love that support. I um, my mom won't listen to this podcast. She doesn't. I don't like blame the her one bit. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly, I listen back and I don't, I don't either. So that was a pretty shit episode, mom. I'm sorry. But my dad's maybe a little bit falls into your dad's boat. He's kind of supportive. He's like, Hey, you're doing something you like doing. It's cool. My mom is like, you say fucking talk about your jizz too much. I really, I can't, I can't listen to my, my little, my little boy talk about jizzing in cups 
and uh, all sort of what other other shit pops into your brain during this fucking podcast. So, <laughs> does, it so does it sound like your mom would appreciate my act either? But there, you know, there you go. Different strokes, different folks. Well, you know, if she were listening to this, I would tell her to check your act out, but she's not going to listen to this, so she's going to say, Kevin Goatee who? Yeah, what well, listen, fuck? tell all those kind folks you can see my act and send them at kevingoatee.com. Kevin, uh, G-O-O-T-E-E, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, comicswatchingcomics.com. Join the mailing list there. Order a T-shirt, for Christ's sakes. Yeah, order a fucking T-shirt, people. Yeah, goddammit. Uh, goddammit. Check out those photos from the live show. Uh, videos of the comics who perform, panelists, actually not, not all the videos of the panel, the comics performing, that's exclusive to Amazon. But no, uh, panelists performing, you'll see some of their stuff there. And uh, join the mailing list, like I had said, and uh, yeah, season six, as you aptly have pointed out, is on Amazon Video. Give that a looky-loo, I promise you it's yeah. worth it. I will encourage everybody to go out and do exactly as Kevin has just said. One final question for you, Kevin. Please. I've been I've been wondering this lately. This is just this has really nothing to do with anything that we've been talking about, corporate America or comics watching comics or anything. It's just it's just been in my head for a few days and I've been wondering how did eating ass go from something that you were forced to do in federal prison to something that young people do on the first fucking day? Upping the ante. I've never had. I've never eaten ass. I've had my ass eaten out. It's. Uh, I, I. I giggle like a Japanese schoolgirl. It's uh, very ticklish for me. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm super ticklish as well. Plus, uh, I really. I lament the fact that they don't call it tossing salad anymore. I think it's maybe. It's not our generation. It's the younger kids who are doing this. But it. It just seems to be everywhere. At least if social media is to to be believed, this is just something that. And rap music, if that's to be believed, is just. Eating ass all over the place. Can we go back to the old rap days where people talk about getting cops shot and shit like that? Like NWA. That's what I'm saying. Fuck the police. Yeah, man. They were fucking... That was a great-ass... Great group. Great film. Gangster rap. Oh, that was the shit. Rap hasn't been anything since 2003. Yeah, I sound old, but I'm right, and you know it. I fucking completely agree. My white ass completely fucking agrees. Well, that's because you have common sense. That's why. (laughs) That is why. We got fucking common sense around here. Anyway... Thank you very much for your time tonight. I know it's uh, it's been a long day for you of of uh, producing funny shit and bathing your daughter. So um, <laughs> yeah. I will let you. You're in the same time zone as me, so I will let you get back to uh, the rest of your evening. Hopefully, you get a little relaxation in yeah. before starting up that wonderful corporate shindig tomorrow morning. Buddy, I was this. I, I, my wife goes, oh, "Why don't you just call out tomorrow?" I go, "No, I'm doing that next week. I go to Great Adventure with my brother." <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Oh boy, yeah. But no, thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate appreciate the time. Thanks for uh, talking about the show. And remember, one more last time: comics, watching comics on Amazon Video. I'm Kevin Goatee. Thank you so much for having tonight, kind sir and uh, honey. Uh, I didn't catch your name, so I'll just call you honey. Uh, <laughs> thank you, and Jason. I really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Have a good night. You too. Good night. The urologist is a guy who looks at your dick from inside of your butt. Turn the rage, grab a rapper by his head and shred him up like a page. I'm amazing. Like Jay was on 808s and heartbreaks. So my ex.